0: Going to be in a short, short two week series titled Home for the Holidays. And of course, y'all know that we are in the month of December. Uh, This is the time of the year that, you know what, we kind of anticipate this. You know, right after the 25th, we really start thinking about, man, what about next year? We anticipate this very, very special time of the year. And what I really like about this time of the year, guys, really and truly, we get to sing songs that we really don't know the words to, but the harmony is good, so we just flow with it, right? So, so truth, real, real quick question, who who knows what uh, excelsisio means? Does anybody really know? But did you not just sing it? Man, nobody knows what, you, you were the only one that knew what it means. And I was like... I, 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 I heard you guys say it every time. I, I never got it right. I sang the whole song and still never said it right. I'm like, is that an Excel spreadsheet that we're talking about here? But it's like, that don't fit. But anyway, it's that time of the year. We love the holidays. Now, the thing about the holidays is that they can be full of either excitement or anxiety. Excitement or anxiety reminds me of the scripture in the Old Testament, Old Testament when it says, choose life or choose death, right? And the reason why I bring this up is because during the holidays, y'all know this, we're going to be around people that we love, and we're going to also have an opportunity to be around a lot of people that annoys us a little bit, you know? But we got to have them all, right? They're going to be there. Some that we're going to love, some that we know that's going to annoy us. So with that, We thought that we would prepare a little brief message for you today to kind of get you ready. Today, we're going to talk about expectations. And more specifically, we're going to be talking about expectations versus reality. Now, our expectations, it is important that we we understand expectations because our expectations, if we approach them incorrectly, It can distort the way we view life. It has a huge impact on our reality. So we want to talk a little bit about that today. And as always, y'all know the great uh, teacher in the Bible, the one that we learn most from in terms of how to live our life, uh, the one that we know and love and celebrate year-round. Y'all know his name. I ain't even got to tell you. What's his name? Not. Quite, Clark Griswold. Play that clip, play that clip. Y'all were close, you were close. Play that clip. Dad, didn't they invent Christmas tree lots so people wouldn't have to drive all the way out to nowhere and waste a whole Saturday? They invented them, Russ, because people forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas and are satisfied with scrawny, dead, overpriced trees that have no special meaning. (sighs) My toes are numb. You see, kids, this is what our forefathers did. I can't feel my leg. They walked out into the woods, they picked out that special tree, and they cut it down with their bare hands. Mom, I can't feel my hips. Clark. Yes, honey? Audrey's frozen from the waist down. That's all part of the experience, honey. There it is. Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not big. It's just full. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. Look at it. it really is beautiful, Clark. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Most enduring traditions of the season are best enjoyed in the warm embrace of kith and kin. The three are the symbol of the spirit of the Grithwald family Christmas. Dad, did you bring a saw? Do you think there's enough room for the angel? Oh, sure, honey. I have a little more trimming to do, but that won't be a problem. Ready? I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. A lot of sap in here. It looks great. A little full, a lot of sap. Did I tell you I talked to my mother today? And? They've decided they're coming for Christmas, too. You know, it's not too late to change our plans. No, 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 that's great. That's great. I think you're forgetting how difficult it's going to be having everybody in the house at the same time. Honey, they're family. They're not strangers off the street. All they do is argue. Christmas is about resolving differences and seeing through the petty problems of family life. yeah. And it's about my mother accusing your mother of buying cheap hot dogs, and your mother accusing my mother of waxing her upper lip, and then they don't speak to Your mother to waxes each other. her upper lip? She has for years. <laughs> Doesn't show. I don't know, Sparky. I just have this... Family. Ellen! It's not... I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life I've wanted to have a big family Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's just that I know how you build things up in your mind, Sparky. You set standards that no family event can ever live up to. What have I ever done that? Parties, weddings, Hi, anniversaries, honey. funerals, holidays, vacations, graduations. Let's give it up for that clip right there now. That that puts it in perspective right there for for all of us. So we we can see from that very small short clip that that Clark definitely has his mindset on a perfect christmas his expectations are just beyond what we would normally consider to be realistic he saw everything is going to be as close to a a heavenly perfection on earth as possible y'all 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 saw the glow on the christmas tree i mean he had this thing all fashioned out in his mind to be perfect but the clip closes with his wife pretty much asking him to what examine his expectations So the question that I have for you today is, what about you? What about your expectations for the holidays? What do they look like? Do you find yourself in the same shoes as Clark? Go ahead and raise your hand. We're going to have the prayer team come right up here. We're just going (laughs) to cut service off. If that's you, you need prayer now. We don't even need to wait till the end, right? But the reality is, is we are all going to have expectations. So let's take a little time this morning to learn about expectations. There are really three types of expectations. The first that we're going to talk about this morning is unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations can either be overly optimistic or overly pessimistic. Overly optimistic or overly pessimistic. And I know that we got some competitive people in the room, and you you hear the differentiation between the two as we will go through, and you're probably thinking, yeah, it's best to be a pessimist. Yep, that's me. Never get overly excited. And then you're, you're, you're overly optimistic, like, yep, this is where you need to be, baby, right? When we, be, when we start looking at our character and profiling it, we always like to say, ours is the best, right? But I encourage you to stay tuned. We're going to look at these a little bit closer, and we might find out. There's actually danger in both of these. So let's look first at the overly op- optimistic. That's Clark, right? We just saw it. It's going to be the best Christmas ever. Have you ever said that? Have you ever thought that it's going to be the best Thanksgiving ever? I mean, you just plug in what that holiday is or what that event is, and you're, you're thinking if you're an overly optimistic person, this is going to be the best ever. But we know that it usually is not, right? These, these are, are the individuals that they actually lose sleep. They can't stop thinking about the event. It is going to be so good. They can't even stop uh, thinking about it. They actually dream about this event even before it happens. If you're talking to them, they can't even talk about regular things. This particular event actually comes up. And these are overly optimistic. And then on the other hand, you got the overly pessimistic. Uh, There's another story that we we like to watch or a uh, show that we like to watch during the holiday season, and it's the Grinch, right? Anybody likes to watch that one? We do not have a a, a clip on that. I know you were getting ready to see another clip. No, you're going to have to watch that one on your own. But the overly pessimistic, that's that Grinch mindset. And these individuals always seem to think that this is going to be the worst ever, right? So optimistic, going to be the best, pessimistic, this is going to be the worst ever. These are the individuals that they are running, they're thinking that it's going to be so bad, they're so looking forward to that confrontation with the mother-in-law or with that other individual family member when they show up, while they're in the shower, and this may be you, don't raise your hand if it's you, you're probably running that argument through your mind. He's like, if she says this, I'm going to let her have it. I'm going off, right? These are our overly pessimistic people. They just can't see the forest for the trees. They are waiting for it to happen. And in those instances, they, they just can't have fun. They can't relax. They're just all tight. And that's what we call when we're looking at these individuals being overly pessimistic. It's all that they can actually think about. So when we examine unrealistic expectations, overly optimistic or overly pessimistic, we see clearly that reality just can't keep up with these two extremes. If you can imagine reality being in the middle, pessimistic or optimistic, It is just hard for reality to to keep up with those opposing views. And over time, what we must realize, is it begins to distort our view. And when this happens over a longer period of time, guys, it can actually have a negative impact on us. Try this on for, for size. This statistic here I want to share with you. Did you know that according to the American Psychological Association, 38% 38% of people surveyed said their stress increases during the holiday season. 38% of the people. For no other reason. Holiday season comes stress just berp, out the roof. Out of the roof. And I have to ask myself to question, why? Does it have to be? And I think we know the answer to this. This doesn't have to be. And we know that these things are nevertheless going to call just stress in our life when we know that stress can lead to physical illnesses, depression, anxiety, and even all the way up to substance misuse. 38%. And that's a lot of folks, y'all. That's a lot of folks surveyed and that's a lot of additional stress that we bring on ourselves just during the holiday season. I happen to have two friends uh, I encourage you maybe to not have these kinds of friends that are close to you, but uh, they're 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 morticians, and uh, you know when you're close with morticians and 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 policemen and and doctors, you get to ask them those questions that you know if you're not friends with them, you wouldn't walk up to them and ask them because it would be extremely weird. And uh, so I have my two mortician friends. Different different times, I asked them about their business. I said, "Is your business seasonal?" And uh, to my surprise, they, they, said, they both said yes. And they said there is an increase in death during holidays. So the time that we consider to be the most joyous, you know, Christ has risen, he's died, he's he now reigns. Man, pe- people are hurting themselves. People are saying, I give up, I quit. During the holiday season, 38%, that's a lot of stress. And we don't have to do that. Another study showed that approximately 85% of what people worry about or fear does not ultimately come to pass. Or it's not uh, as severe as anticipated. 85%. So to our overly pessimistic people in the room, chill out. (laughs) Sing a Christmas carol. Jingle bell, let it rip. 85% of it never comes to pass. That's a lot of worrying for absolutely no reason at all. So we know that we don't want to live here in unrealistic expectations land. We don't want to live here. But what about the realistic expectations we have, but they just never seem to happen? So this brings us to talk this morning about unmet expectations. These are our letdowns. These are our disappointments. They look something like this. You know, and you may have talked to someone. They say, you know, I I prayed about it. I earnestly prayed about it. I earnestly believed God, and, and, and it didn't happen. So we have this letdown, and we end up asking ourselves, why, Lord? And then sometimes we may be, you know, Lord, you said this in your word, and I took you at your word, and it didn't happen. And then we experience that letdown and we ask ourselves, Lord, why? where are you? Lord, why did you forsake me? We're talking about the unmet expectations. They can come uh, in the form of our marriages not turning out or having turned out the way that we thought. Right? Our kids aren't responding the way that we thought. Thought they should because we, you know, we prayed with them and, and we brought them to church and they've given their life to Christ. We're back but five years later. You wonder, oh my God, whose child is that? You know, so our kids might bring about these unmet expectations. What about our jobs? We thought about the promotion. What about our finances? We thought we were going to be here and ready to retire. Instead, we're here and we can't retire. Disappointments, letdowns, unmet expectations in the areas of health. And just in life in general, things are not measuring up. And we have these unmet expectations. These unmet expectations over time leads us to say things like, I'm not going to have any more expectations. But even this is an unrealistic expectation because everyone has expectations, even when we try to convince ourselves that we don't. We find ourselves here. We find ourselves here in a place that where we just want to tell ourselves we quit. We tell ourselves here in this place that I give up. We find ourselves here in this place, coach, take me out of the game. And sometimes we go so far as to even pray until the Lord said, God, go ahead on and take me. I quit. I give And often when we're in this place, we blame others and we blame God. And we fall into this area that scripture calls deferred hope. Proverbs 13 and 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. In other words, when our expectations go unmet, and when the reality of the matter or the situation seems to be moving farther and farther and farther away, as opposed to uh, coming to pass, we become sick in our hearts. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Think for a moment of all the things that the heart impacts. Think about your physical body right now. Think about all the things that your heart impacts. Think of it from a spiritual perspective. All the things spiritually that your heart impacts. And imagine all of those things that you just imagined in your mind. Imagine them all being sick. That's not a pretty picture. There's a lot of sick. That's a lot of sick. And this, this sickness or this feeling of sickness or or this this, this deferred hope. This, 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 the enemy loves for us to be in this place. This is where I believe that he makes his strongest argument that God failed us. He loves to see us in this deferred hope, unmet expectations. But I like the rest of that scripture. And I tr- encourage you to, to not forget the rest of the scripture as well. He says, But let us not forget. Let us not forget the goodness or the fulfillment of the desire when it comes. It is like a tree of life. We may run into those seasons, guys, of, of deferred hope, but we cannot afford to give up. One of the commentators that I was reading, he says, the strength of hope sustains our heart. The strength of hope sustains our heart. And when I looked at that, I began to think about faith and the definition of faith. And we know through having studied our word, faith is the substance of those things, what? Hoped for. So you can see very clearly when our hope gets off, our faith gets off. Y'all see that? A direct correlation. A direct correlation. Faith is the substance of those things hoped for, and we got to keep our hope intact and not allow the enemy to come in through that open door when we are faced with unmet expectations. So we've learned about unrealistic and unmet expectations. We can infer after review of these two types of expectations that this is a place that we do not want to live. So where does God want the believer, the Christian, to actually live and to hang out in during this holiday season? I believe, and I think you believe as well, that God wants us to live in the land of realistic expectations. And this is the third expectations. But how do we have realistic expectations as Christians? I want to give you two takeaways. Two takeaways today of how do we live and have realistic expectations. This is the goal. This is where God wants us to abide, if you will. The first thing we have to do is trust that God's plan and purposes for us are guaranteed. Guaranteed. His plan, his purpose is guaranteed. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your past. I want to focus on one word in this scripture and that word is all. All your heart. You either have all of something or a portion of something. Sitting in this room today, God has either all of your heart or a portion of your heart. Now we're not talking about perfect lives, don't, don't get me wrong, but we've con Fully devoted ourselves to Christ or partial? And as I was studying this week, God gave me this, and I want to read it just as I got it. A partial heart equals partial trust, which equals partial acknowledgement, which equals partial understanding, which equals a partial fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life, thus yielding crooked paths which often bring about unrealistic or unmet expectations. Do y'all capture that? There's a grave risk when we don't trust God with all of our hearts. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So church, our goal today is to stand in the Lord's purpose. This scripture lets us know that we can't trust in our own plans, although they may be many. We can't trust in our own plans. We must trust that the purpose of the Lord is perfect and is guaranteed. That's what we have to stand on. We must see that God's purpose is greater than our many plans. And I know that's tough. That is very, very tough, especially when the expectations are unmet and we feel that we can get there sooner or quicker by doing it ourselves. We must trust and fight not to run away from the purpose and the plan of God. Instead, choosing our own plans, although they may be many. The second takeaway that I want you to, 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 to take with you today as it relates to how can we have realistic expectations. The second is, is that we need to believe that God uses every situation to shape us into whom he wants us to be. Guys, we're going to be faced with those loved ones over the next couple of days, maybe over the next month. Some we're going to love to be around. And some are going to rub you raw. You know it. You're anticipating it. even me saying it right now. You're like, oh, my God. She's coming back. Some of y'all are probably the individuals like, we will never have Christmas at my house if she's coming or if he's coming, right? I'm not going to ask for a Show of hands. It's happy holiday season. Happy holiday season. But we got to believe that God uses us in every even in those tough situations. Romans 8 and 28, it goes like this. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. A very familiar scripture to everyone in this room. My note here says the fulfillment of God's purpose for our life is tied directly to our love of God. The fulfillment of God's purpose for your life is to tie directly to your love of God. To those of us who love God is what that scripture is saying. He will make all things work together for good. He will make all things work together for good. That's his complete purpose. For good. So this holiday season, as we go out and we're mingling with friends and family, and instead of looking at the people... Instead of looking at the the people, instead of looking at the event. For some of us, it may be instead of looking at the past disappointments. For some of us, it may be time for us to stop looking at our many, many plans. Maybe this season, we should be looking at Christ. Maybe this season can be different than the seasons before and we can begin to look more at Christ. The one who not only died, but he rose and now he reigns. The one that says that he will never forsake you or leave you. The one that says that he has a plan for you. Maybe it's time we we throw aside Those things that we know that's going to send our blood pressure up and those things that are going to cause us to be stressful and and, and have anxious moments. Some of you may be thinking about those things right now that just make you tense up. Unbelievable. Some of you like, man, I'm not so excited about the holidays because every year mom and dad get into a fight. I grew up as a kid in 4th of July. Sometime after I fell asleep, I always missed the fights. Sometimes after I would fall asleep, the police would come and I'd get here about it in the morning. Somebody, one of my relatives was gonna be in jail on July 5th. Now you can mark your calendar to it. Somebody was gonna have a fight that night and it made the family just really tense up around that holiday. Now I'm thankful today that all my brothers and sisters were saved. God changed things over time. And I'm believing that if you're in this room today and and you have those types of events that are happening in your life year after year, season after season, I'm believing that, that, that you're going to hear this message today. And you're going to take what appears to be an unmet expectation and you're going to put it on the umbrella of of, of God's perfect plan for your life. And you're going to stand strong and you're going to stand fast and God's going to move in your life. Just as he did for my praying mom. She's gone now. Just as he he, he saved my father, he's gone. He He was part of a lot of them fights. But before he left this earth, he spent his last 10 years saved. 4th of July changed and they'll never be the same. And I'm believing that this holiday season will be be the beginning of that great or similar change that you will begin to see God moving in those stressful situations. Let's ask ourselves a simple question as we close and then I'm going to ask you to get along and we're going to pray. Ask yourself this question to yourself. Lord, what do you want to do in me this season? Sometimes we tend to look out at the individuals that seems to be causing the situations. I'm going to challenge you today to say, Lord, what do you want to do in me? How can you work your perfect plan to where this is all going to work together for?